All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John and Tim. Tim, your hat's backwards today. Why? Are you feeling hip and cool? I guess it's just a lifestyle, John. I didn't choose it, you know? It chooses you. I enjoy, I think that's good. You, you're just a cool cat, my friend. And I don't care. I don't care who What's, knows it. <laughs> everyone knows it. So I, I haven't talked to you since yesterday. What's going on, Tim? Nothing, nothing, but some huge news dropped right after we finished recording yesterday that I really wish we had gotten in because it would have made that episode even better. It was literally an hour after we re-released the episode. And it's funny, the episode had applied because this guy, people keep giving him chances. They think they can resurrect his career and, oh, you know what? We got the golden ticket. We'll figure out this this puzzle. It'll be great. Galchenyuk gets traded to the toronto maple leafs what did they get traded for a couple minor leaguers nothing special. yeah nothing. david warsofsky was one of them he uh the name oh, he's i know old, he's from boston he's an but, older guy yeah yeah so nothing major it was just moving contracts around to make things work moving bodies around does he fit in toronto where does he slot into the lineup this alex galchenyuk I don't know. I, mean, I got to imagine you're going to give him a chance at some of the bigger guys, right? Just to see if he happens to click. But I think it's more just madness, right? Just the same thing, expecting a different outcome. And Galchenyuk is, I mean, imagine the Toronto media on him when he starts not scoring. If he gets power play time and, you know, plays top six minutes and he doesn't do anything with it, like, he's going to crumple under that pressure. I don't know. The, I, it's a very low risk move for Toronto. I, I honestly like the move. You know, Dubas, this is if, – if it doesn't work out, he just gets rid of him. He's already got one of the best offenses in the NHL. You pick up this guy who has been failing for the last four or five years, and who knows? Maybe he clicks with somebody. Maybe he gets a, a rapport with Taveras, and, they, you know, he, he just figures it out for this one season, and Dubas looks like a, a genius. If it doesn't work out, they just throw him away, send him down to the Marlies, put him on waivers. Who knows? I mean, it's not a huge risk for for this team, but how many like how many forwards who score do you need on this team? Is this what this team's right now? Like, does this do the Toronto Maple Leafs need this right now? They already have a juggernaut of offense to to work with. 
will this end up biting him in the butt where it's like, okay, this is just another distraction. He's going to come in. He's going to get the media. He's going to get everybody excited. How is this going to experiment work out? I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's working in Toronto right now. Whatever they're doing, whatever Kool-Aid they're drinking, things are going great. They have a good mixture. Why, why mess with that? Honestly, like I can see what Dubas is thinking. He's like, listen, this guy scored 30 goals six years ago. Maybe we could figure it out. Put him with Marner. You know, he's got a good shot. We'll, we'll, we'll sort out his, you know, issues. I just see, I don't know, it's a low risk, but if anything, it can mess up their team. It's not going to make them better offensively. They're already exciting. They score, they average five goals a game. Like, how much more offense do you need? They, they scored five goals yesterday, and they still lost to an Ottawa Senators team. I think if, if you're looking for anything, Toronto, you might want to look for a little more defensive help. Because you score a ton of goals. Galchenyuk, as far as I can remember back, my memory's not the greatest. I don't think he's known as a high-end defensive forward. I don't think he's going to go out there and lock down the other team's top line. I think what you're going to get from Galchenyuk is a subpar effort in the defensive zone, and he's going to try to score goals, and he's going to take chances, and he's going to slack off on the back check, and he's going to give up more goals than he gets. We've seen it in his plus-minus, even on good teams. I don't know. You know what? We beat this one to death yesterday, and I proved myself right again where GMs, they just see this guy, and, oh, look at his stats five years ago. He scored 30 goals. We could do this. I don't know. Hey, am I saying anything crazy, Tim? No. Do you think it's possible that adding Galchenyuk you know, up front means there could be another move coming where they're not, not going to trade one of those superstars because of him, but maybe they trade another player in order to go get a defenseman, and they kind of pick up a cheap forward high upside in the meantime? I don't know. I, I, does Dubas have that kind of forward thinking? I don't know what his game plan is. It's, I don't know. Maybe he does tear it up there in the first few weeks and then they just flip him for a defenseman or they trade somebody. You can't mess with that nucleus. You can't mess with that top six. You honestly can't. Like, that's what's driving your team right now. You can't jeopardize that. Like, if you have any chance, any chance of progressing in the playoffs – you got to outscore teams. These guys aren't going to win a one nothing game. Like that's not their mo. They they got they just got to run and gun. That that's the only way they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here. Like I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It's a low risk. Whatever. If he plays like garbage, I'll throw him in the Marlies, and it is what it is. He's now on his sixth team in five years. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. And it's not like. He doesn't bring anything to the table. For the last four years, he's been an average player, but people keep giving him chances. I don't want to give him any more time on this show because <laughs> it's just it's, – it's unbelievable. Maybe I'm a little jealous because people keep giving him chances. It's like, listen, he's going to do great. He's not. He does, he, he, he's a goal scorer who doesn't score. He's a goal scorer who is a net negative every time he plays a game. I don't understand it. So we'll see. We will watch this experiment. If anything, it's going to mess up the chemistry that these guys have in the top two lines. I don't see him slotting in on the top six. They've already got those kind of hammered in. If he slots in in a third and fourth line role, he's not going to succeed. He needs to have talent around him. He needs to just go out there and just play offense. And if you're slotting in on the top bottom six, whatever. I don't know. We'll see. We'll just sit back and watch Tim. Watch the madness of the North Division. You know what it makes me think of a little bit? Remember Lee Stempniak? Yeah. 
I feel like that guy was on a new team every season. Every trade deadline, someone acquired Lee Stempniak to play in the third, fourth line. He's, he must have like 12 teams on his resume. This is where they differ, though, because Lee Stempniak is made for the third and fourth line. He kills penalties. He's responsible defensively. He's really good in the faceoff circle. He has those tangibles in order from go to team to team to team and be valuable. Galchenyuk goes from team to team to team, and he takes a dump on every team he goes to. And he goes, oopsie, thought I could score goals. I can't. Minus eight in five games. Sorry. And off we go to the next team. Oh, you know, I'll score on this team. You got to put me with a really high-end playmaker like Malkin. Oh, oopsie. Didn't score here. Let's just send me to the next team. We're going to go to Minnesota. You can play with Zach Parise. You're going you're gonna to be great here. Oopsie daisy. Not scoring. My bad. The next GM shoots himself in the face. Oh, let's try it. Just uh, whatever. He, Lee Stampniak at least brought some tangibles, something that he can do. Like he was good at his job. I like Lee Stampniak. He was a good player, serviceable player. Galchenyuk has just got everybody fooled. It's, uh, it's remarkable. It's honestly remarkable. I wish I would have scored at least three, four, five goals that first year. Oh, I would have made double my contract every year. I signed for 800 grand. I would have signed for 1.6. No, with, without a doubt in my mind, if you have a good first impression, you score a couple goals, you're going to, you're going to be set for five years. This is it for Galchenyuk though. If he doesn't make it in Toronto, he's done. I'm calling it. No other team will touch him. He is in a perfect situation for him. The coach loves to run and gun. He's got offensive talent surrounding him. If he doesn't produce here, he's done until the next GM takes him. Right. <laughs> Until the it's next just, one. It's crazy. But I don't know. Is there, I don't know. What else, Tim? What else no, you got about Galchenyuk? I don't think we need to talk any more about Galchenyuk. What I wanted Thank to do you. is play a little bit of a, of a game here. Oh, I love up. games. Yeah. What's your favorite game, Tim? Honestly. Like board game? Just, uh, yeah. Let's, let's, you're a board game guy. Or you're like a card guy. What's, what's your poison? I don't, I'm not a huge card guy. I like, I like Texas Hold'em. Um, yeah. Okay. But I don't like I don't play all the games that you play. I never learned euchre for those Midwesterners <laughs> listening. I haven't figured Cribbage. that one out yet. Cribbage, yeah, spades, gin. You put me with a deck of cards, I'm yours. Honestly, I can play cards all day and all night. It's the best. Uh, um, so even, I, board, even board games. I've been playing board games with my kids. Clue, sorry, it's it's unbelievable. Shoots and ladders. Well, Candyland, same kind of deal. Um, but my favorite of all time, well, I, it's, a, it's a close tie. I'd say life and Monopoly. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. Doesn't like, get, just seven hours. Don't call me. You know what the I'm new one, Monopoly. Not, not new one, but a new to me is uh, Ticket to Ride, that train game. Have Never you played heard. that one? It's really good. Yeah, it's really fun. No one will play Monopoly with me anymore, A, because my kids are super young. I played it once with my wife and her family, and I just destroyed the whole family. Like, the game was over in an hour and a half because they, they went into it half-heartedly, and I crushed them. You know, like, they thought it was going to be a fun game. Well, I'll trade you Baltic for Park Place. It's like, no, I'm not going to give you that. Are you crazy? It's like, give me Ventura Boulevard and a green and Baltic, and we'll talk. And I just demolished them. Hey, people get so caught up on boardwalk and park place. It's not where you make your money, baby. You got to get the oranges and the light blues and you load up on hotels in that corner and the game's over. 
Honestly, it's over at that point. If you try to get the yellows and the greens are too expensive, you can't get the hotels. You got to start small and build yourself up. It's just, it's all about economics, Tim. You know, I'm not an economics major, but I know a little bit. This podcast, you get a little bit of everything, honestly. Like, it shouldn't just be in the sports section, this podcast. It should be in the life section, the business section, the self-help section. I just spew, like, information. You listeners, you guys, you <laughs> tell your friends because you're getting a little bit of everything in this one. Yeah. Let's so, play a game, Tim. <laughs> so the game, the game is, is called Would You Rather. Everyone knows it. I, uh, I threw it out on Twitter earlier this morning to see. Just some People came up with some pretty clever ones. I'm going to read you a few. Um, and we'll give you know, different hockey scenarios, hockey-themed questions, and then we'll kind of end it with a, a fast-paced uh, Ooh, questionnaire. Love yeah. that. Okay. This is a good one. Would you rather win the cup in your rookie year and never again or win it in your final year? Oh, your final year, without a doubt. I feel like if you win it in your rookie year, it sets you up for that wanting and yearning and everything else is like a failure after that point because you've experienced it and maybe you didn't appreciate it. So your final year, you appreciate it because you know you've tried your hardest for however many years. Like Ray Bork, he said it himself. Like it was, it was such a great thing because you know what you're getting. You really appreciate it, right? That's the obvious answer. So yeah, I would think so. But I mean, like playing 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, not winning would be tough. Not knowing that you don't, you're going to win at the end of it. And then like Tyler Sagan won as a rookie. And then he, he is, he's exactly what you said. Like he knows what's out there and he knows how hard it is to get now. And he didn't realize when he was 19 years old, you know? Yeah. And he probably is regretting not cherishing it. And I don't know. I think it'd be special to win it your last year and then go out on top and just kind of be like, yes, I did it. I did it. See you later. Like Borky, my guy. So the next question is from Aaron on Twitter. For a goalie tandem, would you rather have an all-star tier goalie and a meh backup or two good but not great goalies? What's your thoughts on a unisex name? Aaron? Aaron. What do you mean? Did you like unisex names? Like what? I don't like them that much. Aaron, I want to know. Name. I don't know if it's a boy's name or a girl's name. I know multiple Aaron's who are boys and girls. Aaron, A-A-A-R-O-N. I don't know how you spell Aaron when you just tell me Aaron, or you can go E-R-I-N. I'm not looking. Those are different names. Aaron and Aaron are two different names. Sounds the same to me. Potato, potato. Aaron and Aaron. It's like Jesse or there's a lot. Jamie is a unisex name. I have a brother, Jamie. I don't know. I think it's just me. I don't know. I don't not like unisex names, but I have six daughters. I try to give them names that are like, that's a girl. You can't pick your name. I don't know. I'm not begging on anybody. My name's John. You know, I'm a boy. Anyways, what was the question? I got, I just got caught up when you said Aaron. I'm like, is that a boy or a girl asking this question? Aaron. Uh, for a Aaron. Aaron. For a goalie tandem, would you rather have a all-star tier goalie with a mad backup or two good but not great goalies? A mad backup? Meh. Like, meh. Oh, meh. Or two. Well, the all-star caliber one. Yeah, these are easy questions. Yeah, but what if he goes down and you got nothing? Well, you can't. See, what if one of the good guy goes down? I don't know. You, once you get to the playoffs, you ride your stud. You got to go. You got to go. And you're not going to win the – I don't know. I, I, I take in the all-star. What, do, you, do you take into account the salary structure? Maybe That's the all-star guy's making $12 million. Then if that's that's the case, I'm taking the two good ones because you can you can ride a okay good goalie to the Stanley Cup. We've seen it. So it's not so straightforward, is it? Well, it's, it depends on how complex you want to get into this question. 
because if, if you're saying the goalie's making $12 million like Carey Price, then I'm probably going to go with the two good goalies who are making $3 bucks. So, All right, so Nick asks. It's such a silly answer I just gave. It's, it's not an answer. We're talking I'll in circles. The two, good, the two good goalies. So changing your mind. Changing my mind. You said it was a layup. You said it was easy, obvious. Well, then I just went in depth. That's what I do. I don't just give the easy answer and move on. I really think about these things. I'm not just okay. like your typical, eh, move on. I think about things. Next question. Nick wants to know, would you rather make $1 million and play Nick in the fourth? is a man. Yes, I would have guessed so. <laughs> make $1 million, play fourth line, and win the cup. Make $10 million, play first line, miss the playoffs. For just one year. Just that's what that's what the question is. Make it ten million, obviously. If ten million bucks, I can do whatever. Like one million dollars is not a lot of money anymore, because you figure you're going to get taxed on that. You're still making you're still in the one percent tax bracket, so you're losing forty percent right off the top, depending on what state you're in. If I'm if I'm playing in New York, I'm losing sixty percent of that money right away. So I'm only really making four hundred grand. You got bills throughout the year. You got all this other stuff. You're you're walking away that year. With three hundred grand, conservatively, you're making ten million dollars. You're yeah. walking away with five million bucks. But you're also walking away with your name on the cup and a ring and etched in history of hockey. Fourth liner, potentially not playing in the playoffs. Are you really a part of the team? First yes. Liner, making, Come on, stop it. First liner, I'm making ten schmil. I know I'm getting another deal. If Galchenyuk can get another deal, I'm getting another deal somewhere. My life is set. I don't need my name on the cup. I'm taking 10 schmill and I'm walking away. That's another no-brainer. That's a tap in. Mm, I think I'd rather be in the fourth line, win the cup. That's fine. That's you. I will have my security. I will take my $10 million and I'll see you around the way. You, I'll, I'll buzz you in when you get to my private community. What, what are the bonuses when you win the cup? You got some money though, right? You like a hundred grand. That's it? Yeah, it's not a lot. Like when I we made it to the conference finals with the Rangers, I think everybody got fifteen grand. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a not chip, a lot it's like of money. Tip. Yeah. yeah, and then when you win the cup, you I think it's around a hundred thousand, maybe a hundred fifty. You split it among everybody, so you get like five million, I think, for the team or something like that. Yeah, it's not like earth shattering for hockey players, but for the regular Joe, it's a lot of money. Like I would, you know, yeah. love to have one hundred fifty grand thrown at me right now, but ten million, Tim. When I was playing, I would have answered differently. Yeah. Because I, like, I really wanted that cup. But now that I'm out of the game and money is an object, I'm like, you know <laughs> what? $10 million bucks I could pay for a lot of uh, colleges, a lot of weddings coming around here. So, you know, could do a lot of good with that. Okay. Would you rather have to block a slap shot from Chara or defend a two-on-one against Patrick Kane and anyone else? I'll defend a two-on-one. Like, obviously, I'm not going to – there's a pretty good chance that Char's shot misses the net. Yeah. So said, I'm physical gonna, pain versus mental pain. Yeah, it's not mental pain. You just give them the shot. Two-on-ones, I think people, they stress out. They, they try to overplay it, two-on-ones, and this is where defensemen get in trouble because they try to make the hero play. They try to play the guy with the puck. It's like, I'm not even going to let him get a shot. And then when he tries to sauce the puck over, I'm going to knock it out of midair. I'm going to be great. It's like, no, don't do that. You just got to keep the guy with the puck wide enough so he doesn't get a breakaway and stop the pass. People always try to do too much out there. You just take away the pass and you don't give him a clear-cut breakaway. That's all the goal he wants. He wants to take a shot from outside of the hash marks, probably around the dot. Give him that shot. 
the goalie should save it 70 to 80% of the time. That's all, that's all he wants. He doesn't want to get back toward. Just take away the pass. It's not hard. It's, just, it's honestly very simple. But players try to do too much. So I want to go back a question. I forgot to read back. On that 1 million versus 10 million fourth line, first line, okay. uh, someone responded to that on Twitter and said, I'll play on the fourth line because I know after I win the cup, Jim Benning is going to offer me a 3 million for a four-year deal. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I like that one. Would you rather – go ahead. No, I said good point. It's yeah. Funny. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality short list fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer is valid through March 31st terms and conditions apply. Would you rather build your team around a superstar forward or a superstar goalie? That is interesting. That is very interesting. I think the question would be better if it was a superstar defenseman because I've made my, my stance clear on goaltenders where I don't think you need to have a superstar goaltender to win a cup. Let's change that to a superstar defenseman. Where do you get more value on a team, a superstar defenseman or a superstar forward? What do you think, Tim? Well, give me some names. Like, do you want John Carlson or Austin Matthews? That's There you go. Let's take those two players, two impact players. They Well, Carlson, power play, penalty kill. He's playing 25 to 30 minutes a night. Or Austin Matthews, who you know you're going to get 40-plus goals every year. He's an impact player. Who do you build your franchise around? I – well, go ahead. I want to hear your answer. I'm taking Matthews. Why? You can't just give it. You got to give a reasoning. Well, I'm going to. So basically, for me, it's like he's going to be the face of the franchise. He's going to lead the team. He's strong down the middle. He can play both sides of the ice. He's a better defensive forward than you give him credit for. You like to think of him as floating around like a butterfly, but he's not. Um, he's not going to be, you know, uh, I don't think of winning any Selkies, but but he's going to get some votes, I think. And he makes the the, the puck possession time and the back checking makes the defenseman and goalies jobs a lot easier too you know he's a lock for forward you've seen that he can be a leader already at a young age uh i just think you want that type of player on your team and you think about the great teams and that have won cups they have that type of center so that's that's what i'm taking for sure yeah you, you can't go wrong with both but I, I i'm taking carlson i'm taking the defenseman I feel like a, a D-man who can log that much ice has a bigger impact on the game. He almost plays half the game. Whereas Austin Matthews, he plays a third of the game. You know, a good forward with special teams, they're playing 20 to 22 minutes. Where a good defenseman plays 25 to 35 minutes. Depending on the game, depending on the situation. Um, you, you notice a really elite defenseman. They just control every aspect of the game. They improve the forwards. They improve their defensive partner. They just make life easier for every player on the ice around them. 
And I just think if you have a solid number one defenseman who can jump up in the play, who can control the power play, who can really just play a solid defensive game, they impact the game so much more than an Austin Matthews. I feel like there are stretches where Austin Matthews maybe just you don't notice him. John Carlson, he impacts positive or negatively every shift he's on the ice because a D-man, he's always around the puck. He, he just, you know, you're just around the action. You, you cannot get lost when you're a defenseman or else you get exposed. So, I don't know, I, I think you've seen it with the last few cup winners. They have those defensemen like a Hedmond. If Tampa Bay doesn't have a Victor Hedmond, they do not win the cup last year. He impacted every single game. He was such a big presence. And if he's not there, they do not win that cup. Steven Samkos wasn't there. They still won the cup. So I, I think a D-man is way, way, not way more important, but it is a, a bigger impactful position than a, a superstar forward. There's no wrong answer, but I, I think I would take a D-man. Okay. Uh, the that last one. Qu- I like that one. Yeah. It's interesting to kind of – think about those things because people always want the flash and the panache of the goal scores. But I honestly do think a D man, and there, there just isn't many of them, right? How many franchise altering defensemen are there in the league right now that you could think of franchise altering? Yeah. There's not many like really like Hedmond is one you, you love yourself some Roman Yossi, some John Carlson, like, would you say Charlie McAvoy is in that category? I don't think so. Do Not yet, no. Terry Krug in that category? No. Makar. I would put Makar in that category. Peter Angelo. There's not a lot of these guys who you put them on the ice and they just alter the, the flow of the game. There's a lot of forwards that you can say that about. I'd say there's a good five to ten forwards on the ice where you put them out there and they're going to change the, the tempo of the game. It's just uh, maybe that's another reason why you take a defenseman because they're, they're harder to come by. If you're a young kid growing up and you're skilled, you want to play forward. I think that's why. Like, if you're good with the puck, if you can shoot, if you can skate, they put you on the forwards, on the forward line, just because they want goals. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Anyways. So the last one here I think is more for me. <laughs> Would you rather be speared in the nuts by Lucic or listen mm-hmm. to John Scott eat peanuts and breathe heavily while talking on the podcast? Am I a heavy breather? Well, you were eating while you were eating yesterday. Yeah. Am I a heavy breather while I'm eating or just in general, a heavy breather? Uh, Mostly while you're eating. Sometimes I hear it in general. You know what? Nobody's perfect. These people who write this, it must be nice to be perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, give me a break. (laughs) Sorry, Tim. Sorry, listeners. I was hungry. I'm hungry right now. My, my peanuts are empty. My wife, when we're, when we're sleeping, she says she'll wake up to nurse our uh, newborn. And she looks at me and she gets nervous that I'm dead because I don't <laughs> breathe. And she's like, you honestly go a minute and a half to two minutes without breathing and I have to poke you. And then you have this massive like inhale and like it sounds like you're a bear. And then you go right back to being dead. Like my breathing is so messed up. I should get one of those sleep trackers to watch my, my breathing rhythms because they got to be. Duncan Keith would hate me. Because I, I don't know how to breathe. It's terrible. I, I used to be the same way. I had no idea. But people would tell me, like, I would stop breathing in my sleep. And then, like, for, like, a minute. And then all of a sudden just gasp for air. But I wouldn't wake up. Like, it didn't wake me up. And that was just normal for me. Yeah. And and uh, I, I got the, the surgery, the deviated septum. Because it was, like, that was messing up my breathing while I slept. And now, I, now I'm much better. Yeah, I had that surgery. Then I just broke my nose, like, the first game back. 
I was like, no, that was so painful. Such a waste. Now it's worse than it ever was. Have you ever thought about just complete, maybe you've done this. You're, you know, a pretty hip guy, just like completely altering your diet. Try to eat nothing but good stuff and see how good you feel. Cause I feel like I have never done that. Even when I played, I hear all these people like, you know what, you got to eat fresh. And I read that Duncan Keith article. It's like, I wonder how much better I would feel if I didn't like have a few beers, eat like garbage. Like I had a couple chocolate chip cookies today. And I used to do that when I played, I would get into a city, all the guys would go for a nice dinner and I wouldn't want to spend the money. Cause I'm, you know, conservative. I don't want to go out to a steak restaurant every night and spend 120 bucks. I, you know, order a burger from room service for $20 and literally before, I would say 80% of my games in the NHL, the night before, I would have pizza and burgers and wings. I just wonder if I were to be, if I were smarter with my diet, how, how much better I would feel. If I would have like extra energy, you know? I think you would. I think you would but for sure. We should do that. We should try to see if we can get a nutritionist to sponsor the show. Because I, <laughs> is there, I, I guarantee none of our listeners are nutritionists. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> i did that thing back remember in the in like in september october i did the whole 30 diet yeah it was pretty that was pretty i don't know severe restrictions what is that you couldn't eat meat and butter and stuff or carbs it was it was only uh meats fruits and vegetables basically i don't think that's no grains no alcohol have a little mixture like i don't know i'm not a doctor or a nutritionist so let's let's bring it back for a second. This is the the last, <laughs> the the quick hits, the rapid fire question. Oh. I'm gonna give you two players. You tell me which one you'd rather have on your team. One of my favorite rapid fire is the Family Feud, Fast Money. I love that. Do you ever, do you ever just like watch videos of that and then just try to answer with the contestants? No, I don't like those fast paced timed games. It stresses me out. We used to play I like it to in the NHL with Houston. We didn't have a lot of money, so we would, we had this game, Family Feud. So we'd get the guys, we'd get a case of beer, we'd sit in our whatever apartments because we all lived together, and everybody would have their girlfriends or wives or whatever, and we played Fast Money, Family Feud. It was so fun. It was so fun. I loved it. Me and Ryan, Ryan Hamilton and Danny Ehrman and Benoit Pouliot and Benny Thompson and Chris Ovington. It was just a good time. Joel Ward was there. Token black guy. Got to have him. Just kidding. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? All right. Let's do it. Who would you rather have on your team, McDavid or McKinnon? McDavid. Pasternak or Panarin? Pasternak. Hughes or Makar? <sighs> Makar. Ovechkin or Kane? Kane. Ooh, that's, that's, ooh. All right. Uh, Matthews or Eichel? <sighs> Eichel. Really? Why? I just think Eichel has a better well-rounded game. He doesn't get his due. He's, he's making chicken salad out of the chicken, you know what, over there in Buffalo, and he's still putting up major points. Is that an expression? I haven't heard that. Making chicken salad out of chicken poo? Yeah. yeah that's an expression. <laughs> and when people go into Buffalo, they're like, we need – we have one job. That's all we have to do is shut down Eichel. Other than, we're going we're gonna to win the game if we shut him down. He's still putting up massive points. When you go into Toronto – Yes, you key on Matthews, but you also have to worry about Tavares. You also have to worry about Nylander. You also have to worry about Marner. You, like, you, you, there's other guys you have to game plan for. In Buffalo, it's like you shut down Eichel, you're going to win the game. So he's definitely had a little bit more adversity. I, I just like him. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pedersen or Svechnikov? <sighs> Pedersen. 
Burns or Dowdy? I'm going to take some heat for this. Dowdy. Why? I think Dowdy plays the body more. And he's, he's, I just, I've played with Burns for a while. I like Drew Dowdy. I like the way he plays the game. I just think he chirps, he talks, he's, he's in your face. He just, I don't know. It's a, listen, it's a, it's a one and one question. They're both great. They were both really great players. I don't know where they rank now in defensive rankings, but in their prime, in their prime, I'm taking Drew Doughty. Okay. Uh, Patrice Bergeron or John Tavares? Bergeron. Dougie Hamilton or Seth Jones? Seth Jones. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's a, like Dougie's not even the same category as Seth Jones. I don't know. I don't know. What's up you, points you like? Think Dougie, he puts up more points. Yeah. A lot more points. Does he really? Yeah, Seth Jones is not having a good year. Is that because of John Tortorella and he, he really wants his D-man to stay back? Torts doesn't like pinching his D. He doesn't like them joining the rush unless they have numbers. He, he's very conservative when it comes to the defenseman. Torts is all about controlling the middle, coming back through the middle, making sure his D-men stay home. So that might be uh, just a reason why Seth Jones doesn't put up the huge numbers because Torts really, really, really stresses you better not pinch if it's 50-50. If you're pinching this puck, you're keeping the puck in or you're taking the guy. That's it. And he really harps on that. So maybe that's in the back of his head. He's not taking that many chances. Could be. Could uh, be, Tim. Steven Stamkos or Taylor Hall? Oh, that's a good one. Taylor Hall. Really? Stam- Stamkos, is, he's always injured. And I know Taylor Hall got injured too, but I just his injury bug really scares me, Stamkos. Yeah, I still take Stamkos, though. Just his, his goal scoring. I know. That's a tough one. Those, those two guys are just red flags all over him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Giroux or Joe Pavelski? Would you sign, if you're a GM, sorry to go back to this, either of those guys to a long-term big contract? If you're a team that does maybe doesn't have an impact forward and you, you need a guy and those guys are on the free agent, would you give one of those guys a five-year, six-year $55 million contract. I mean, the answer is yes, because you'd have to in order to get them, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's a kind of a cop-out, but that's what they get, so you'd have to do that. I would rather take Stamkos in that scenario. Yeah, that's, that's the, the hard thing about being a GM. It's like you know you shouldn't do this, but you have to. Right. You know, there's a price for doing business. Oh, that'd be, being a GM sounds glamorous. It must be really hard. Unless you walk into a job where players want to go there, like George McPhee walked into a jackpot because players want to play in Vegas. Yeah. Like it's a destination. If you're a GM in Winnipeg, no one wants to go to Winnipeg. If you're a GM on the Island or New Jersey devils, that's a tough gig. It Columbus, honestly is. This is a decent town. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a pretty legit town. You I like Columbus. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fun. But some of these cities, they just are, you know, yeah, you're, you're behind the eight ball right away just because of where you are. Yeah, it's the NHL, but if you're picking between Dallas or Long Island, you're, you're taking Dallas. You know what I mean? So anyways, go ahead. All right, uh, Giroux or Pavelski? <sighs> Pavelski. Latang or Duncan Keith? Dunks, t- hands down. That, not even close? Not even close. Not even close. Okay. Last one, Crosby or Malkin? Could you believe that Duncan Keith was 37 years old? No, I didn't know that. Did you read that article? No, I saw the headline. He's 37 years old. He still plays 26 minutes a game. 
He's still an elite defenseman. It's just remarkable. He's never really been injured. He's, he's an absolute tank. He might play 2,000 games. Like he said he wants to play till he's 45. He says that is, now. Is he going to be the first 2,000-game player? Will there ever be a guy who plays 2,000 games? It's hard to say no, the way that careers are just getting longer and longer. You're seeing it every year. But 2,000, man, that's so – how many seasons would that be? Well, eight. So 2,000 divided by 82, what's that? Tim, quick math. That's 10, 100. 24 seasons. Now, this is the thing. Do you, why wouldn't you include playoffs between this? That's a good like, point. I, I've, always un, I've always wondered this because Duncan's played so many games in the playoffs. He's probably played two seasons worth of playoff games. Anyways, we're getting off track here. You got to keep me focused, Tim. Yeah, the last, it was just the last question, Crosby, Crosby. or Malkin. Crosby, that's a no-brainer. Okay. Do you want a guy who works full-time or a guy who works part-time? What do you want? Full-time. Full-time guy who gives it his all every time. Crosby doesn't take shifts off. He really does try his hardest every single game. Malkin's a space cadet. He honestly is. But if, if you poke him and he, and he gets fired up, he's one of the best players on the planet. Is that the, uh, the, the game prep against Malkin? Like, hey, he, he's not going to be on every single shift? Yeah. You, you know that every, bit? He, goes, he goes game to game. I remember one game, he just ripped me one. Like, he, he reversed, checked me. And the crowd was like, oh, and I went back to the bench. The coach was like, leave it alone. He's not doing anything. Don't even hit him because he's sleeping. And I, I won retribution. And I went out and I, I buried him, you know, a couple shifts later. And he went out and he scored. And he's like, <laughs> well, why would you do that? Like poke the bear because he needs to get, you know, into a, a scrum. He needs to get engaged. But if he's just playing his game and floating around, he, he's not the same player as if he's playing with a little bit of fire in his belly. That's just honestly – that's that's the game plan with him. There's a few guys like that where it's like just leave him alone. Lucic was like that in his prime. It's like leave him alone. Don't upset him. Just let him sleep and just yeah, he'll go away. And there's a lot of guys like that nowadays who who need to be engaged to play their best. And I wonder if like the Kachuk brothers are like that. And that's why they always start these little, you know, scrums after the whistle and they get into little fights here and there because they, they're at their best when they're playing on the edge. I don't know. I believe it. Believe it. Take it to the bank, Tim, and believe it. What else do we got? No more questions? That's, That's it. Game. Yeah. Stuff. I might do a game next time. I'll, I'll put you on the spot. That'll be fun. But you just go on Twitter to get these questions. You're not doing any work. You're just getting the Twitter people to do the work for you. I think of some, too. Like, one more. Uh, one more. Would you rather have Ovechkin's shot or Kane's hands? Kane's hands. Really? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Sh- Kane's, it- Kane's hands. Ovechkin's might have the best shot of all time. All time. I agree. Kane might have the best hands of all time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, all right, pancakes or French toast, Tim? Uh, French toast. <sighs> waffles, Timber. actually. The answer is waffles. <sighs> the more I know about you, the more I question you're just, it's just strange. Waffles? I got a waffle maker. Oh, yeah, chocolate chip waffles. Come on. I ate pancakes today. It was nice. I took the kids to a restaurant. We had blueberry pancakes. It was beautiful. You should have brought me, John. You owe me breakfast. Like one compared to your 10. Um, hot dogs or hamburgers? Uh, hamburgers. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. What's your favorite ingredient on a hamburger? Uh, cheese, bacon. Do you, do you put mayonnaise on a hamburger? No, not a mayo guy. Love mayo. Hmm. I'll tell you right now. 
for all my listeners, if you want to change your life for breakfast, I'm going to tell you the, the best breakfast you can make. It's called an egg in a hole. You take a piece of bread. You put mayonnaise on both sides. You take a cup that has a small diameter top, smaller than the area of the bread. You turn that cup upside down and you press it into your bread to make a hole. You put that piece of bread on a pan that's already medium, medium to high. Crack an egg in the middle of that hole. Flip the egg. The egg stays in the hole. You toast that little round piece that you cut out of that bread. It's delicious. You break the yolk when you put the egg inside the hole just so it's not runny. Unless you want it runny, that's fine. Sometimes I do that too. It's so incredibly good. A little salt, a little pepper when you take it out of the pan. You eat it like a sandwich. It's so good. I make four of them. You know, I'll see you next week. It's so good. Delicious. I'm telling you, Tim, it'll change your life. You don't have to use mayonnaise if you're weird about it. You can use butter. You can use olive oil if you're, you know, healthy or something. I don't know. I use mayonnaise. It's delicious. Gives a little bit of tang. Oh, don't you, don't you think that sounds good, Tim? It does sound good. I wouldn't use mayo, but I would give that a try. What would you use? Low-fat butter? Yeah, butter. Kerrygold butter, the best kind there is. What's Kerrygold? This is the best butter. We use country crock. Just I think we need to – I don't think anyone's still listening at this point. It's easy to spread. How hard is it to get the stick of butter to spread? Honestly, I could go on about this. This is, in a, this is a lifestyle show, Tim. People, people want this info, information. All right, but let's cut it up. We're going to have an interview on Friday, which will be fun. We got my, um, my friend Patrick Coletta coming in. It'll be interesting to talk to him. The life of a pest in the NHL. I want to ask him, did he intentionally try to get under guy's skin? I want to talk to him about how he asked me to fight and I dropped my gloves and he skated away. I want to ask him why he hasn't talked to me for the last year and a half because I fleeced him in a fantasy football trade and I thought our friendship was over. Talk about that. A lot of things to touch on. His injuries, running into the boards for 10 years, how he's feeling. I don't know. When you think of Patrick Coletta, Tim, what do you think of? Honest, honestly, be honest here. Yeah, he was a pest. I mean, you know, when he was, on, when he was kind of doing his thing for the Sabres, he was, he was hard to play against for the Bruins. And he's someone that you kind of hated on the other team. So I, I think it'll be an interesting story. And I want to kind of hear what his mindset was at that point in his career. He was a legit heat-seeking missile when he played. He tried to murder guys. That's what he did. Was he angry? I, I, no, he just enjoyed, he enjoyed killing guys. Like he would not even slow down. He was, he was reckless, borderline, you know, criminal out there when he would, you know, when he would connect with people, oh, like you could feel it. You could feel it across the, the building shakes. Oh, he took runs at guys. And I'm like, here we go. I in like, let's go. I remember we went to Toronto first shift of the game. They had Orr, they had McLaren, they had Frazier, they had all the big tough team. First shift of the game, he takes a run at some guy, missed him, flipped into our bench. <laughs> he gets out of the bench. We go line up in our zone. They send out Orr and McLaren. I'm standing in front of Patty. I'm like, I know you both want to fight him, but who's going to fight me first? <laughs> I'll take whoever, and then Patty, you're going to be on your own. And so I, McLaren grabbed me, Orr went over and jumped Patty. Just like <laughs> the guy was just an animal. All right, it'll be interesting to talk to him. Anything else, Tim? That's it for me. That's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed this, you know, a little bit of a different kind of show. But anyways, leave us a comment if you uh, didn't like it. If you did like it, shoot us a five-star. Tim loves that. I'm sure we're going to hear the, please, 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 leave us a five-star review. They honestly do help us. They move the needle a little bit. So anyways, hope everybody had a good week so far, and we'll see you on Friday. Cheers. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.